This is Terrence Channon with the Modern Customer Experience Podcast, where we talk about all sorts of news, techniques, tips, theories, and happenings on how to best interface with your customer. And if you want to learn a little more and check out other of our episodes, visit mcx.is and drop us a line if you have any questions or if there's any topics that you want to hear about. Today, let's talk about the very heart of the customer experience. Who is your customer? And this is a very interesting question that comes up all the time, and you hear it in investment rounds where people are like, well, you know, who's your customer base? Who's that audience? And the immediate answer, and it's not the the wrong answer, is to say, well, the people that are going to give us money to support our product and offering. And that's absolutely true. And a lot of companies do make a lot of strides to be customer service, customer experience friendly, to make it really really happy about working working together. And this is going to tag on a little bit of a story I shared the other day in an episode about DoorDash, how they really are doing a great job interfacing with the end user and learning from them and being accountable when mistakes are made. But there's other people that are impacted as well. And other people that, even if they're not directly getting money from these entities, are an important part of the successful ecosystem. And in DoorDash's cases, it's the restaurants And like the story I shared, my order came in and it was wrong. It was incorrect. And part of that was looked to be a system failure with DoorDash in transmitting the information properly to the restaurant. Now, I was able to kind of see through that, but most people wouldn't. Most people would just be upset and say, hey, you know, this was bad. This wasn't good. And they're going to be upset with the restaurant to the point where, hey, remember that one time we got the order wrong? I don't want to go back there. Meanwhile, the restaurant really didn't do anything wrong. And the way that DoorDash is structured is they just go out and grab the menu items from the restaurants, often without the restaurant's cooperation. And that can lead to a lot of misinformation and other sorts of problems. So DoorDash, although they're doing a great job on the front end of the customer experience, are they really looking at everyone as their customer? So even in your business or where you work, think about who else are your customers, not just the people that give you money. Uh, example, some of those people might be, your, might be your suppliers or your vendors, and these are people that provide services to you or to your organization, uh, contractors, call centers, uh, outsource software groups, you know, agencies, any of these people, and are you treating them the way that you would treat them if they were a customer? And some, although the relationship's a little different, you find things sometimes where you, someone's hired as a contractor or a vendor, and yes, you want a good deal and a fair deal, but to constantly bang on them and ask for a better price or ask them to give more concessions and to, to kind of hold that sway over them or to defer payments just to increase your financial ratios. And, and again, just because a bill comes in today doesn't mean you should pay it right tomorrow. It's fair to give it some time to look over it, get to the powers that be to process it, to ask questions. But oftentimes, companies will treat their vendors or their contractors as an expendable resource rather than in a customer-friendly way. And yes, there's business benefits to doing that. Um, and you should take advantage of those benefits as a, a buyer of services. But is that really the best framework for a successful relationship? Your teammates in an organization, these are people that you constantly make requests of in some ways. Can you help me with this? Can you provide me with this information? Can you help me understand what's going on here? And it's very natural to have this 
higher level of comfort with your teammates inside of an office to the point where, eh, what you asked for, I'll just get to it later because, you know, you're not a paying customer. Um, you know, maybe I want to help you, maybe I don't. And no one really says it that way, but that's how things come out when things get brushed aside or they get they get put away or frankly just not done and not completed. So ask yourself, who are all the people around you that really are customers and who you should be working with? And are you treating them the way that you would treat someone if they were paying you? And a few ways to do that and why that's important to go through is if you're treating your vendors, your contractors, or your teammates as as good as you can when it's convenient for you, that creates a culture and creates an environment that when the chips are down and when push comes to shove with an actual paying customer, you might act in a way that's strictly convenient for you and not convenient for everyone involved. And it's not to say that there's not situations where, hey, you've got to put the hammer down, you've got to maybe terminate a relationship, you've got to enforce some sort of clause in a contract. That's completely understandable. But if it's only easy to treat people well and in a customer-centric way when it's convenient for you, then eventually that's going to come out and it's going to cause some problems and it's going to make it difficult to sustain that relationship. And it starts, it starts with the people that you work with. So rather than brushing everyone off internally, if you're come, if you brought a, a request to someone's attention inside the organization, or someone came to you and said, "Hey, can you help me with this?" Then treat them the way that you would expect to treat them if they were paying you, and that means you know delivering on time. That means holding up to your end of the bargain. That means if you're going to be late on something and you're not going to deliver, or it's not done the way it should be, to be transparent and to be upfront about that and not to use the excuse to say, well, you know, you're not really a paying customer, you're just my teammate, so it's kind of okay if I let you down. It's, it's not okay. And it speaks volumes about how the end customer who's actually paying for products and services will be treated down the road. Uh, vendors and contractors, same thing. Yes, th- there's no reason to accept a high price just to be nice or to not be aggressive with having a, a very solid contract in place to protect everyone in the instance of something goes wrong. But rather than saying, well, I'm sitting on this bill, it's not that important that I pay them today because I don't feel like paying them. It's not convenient for me to pay them. I don't want to pay them. You know, I don't have enough money in the bank. I, you know, I just don't feel like paying it then rethink the way, and is that how you would want the paying customers to treat you? And certainly if there are situations where you feel the bill is, is merits questions, you feel that, hey, we have a cash crunch right now, it's fair to be transparent with your vendors and say, hey, can you answer these questions about the bill? I've got some dialogue I need to have with you to better understand what's going on, or hey, you know, can I, can I wait a week to pay you, or can we make other sorts of payment arrangements so that everyone can feel good about it. Don't use it as an excuse to di- distance yourself from offering a, a great customer experience. And, and that goes the same thing with even customers that aren't ready to be paying customers or even friends and family. If they're asking about your company, uh, treat them and answer them as if they were paying customers. They may never be. Maybe one day they'll be. But at a minimum, it's a great way to practice and always put yourself in that mindset to treat people as they would be treated or to treat people 
as if your business depended on it. So use those questioning times as an opportunity to, you know, if it's someone that's never going to buy, maybe a friend or something that's not in the industry you serve, use it as an opportunity to practice that that speech and delivering that value proposition. If it's a, a company that maybe doesn't quite fit into your industry profile or maybe is too small or is too big, you know, still use it as an opportunity to convey the value proposition and welcome them in to answer questions, provide guidance, provide education, because one day your product offering may support that industry or that company might be able to grow up to the point where they they can't afford or actually directly benefit from your services. So don't just think about the people that give you money to deliver the product and service. You, You need to do that, but you need to think about all the pieces that build that engine to make all those things work together. Those are your internal teammates across different departments. Those are your vendors and suppliers of services that help you create the offering to deliver to the end customer. And those are your you know, family, friends, and these uh, uh, groups on the outside that maybe one day can benefit you in a way that you didn't think could happen. This is Terrence Shannon with the Modern Customer Experience Podcast. Visit us at mcx.is for more episodes and to send in any of your questions and t- topics that you want to hear about.